0: Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 12 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To John Clark, Aberdeen, undated. Loving brother, hold fast to Christ without wavering and contend for the faith because Christ is not easily gotten nor kept. The lazy professor hath put heaven, as it were, at the very next door, and thinketh to fly up to heaven in his bed and in a night dream. But truly, that is not so easy a thing as most men believe. Christ himself did sweat ere he won this city, howbeit he was the freeborn heir. It is Christianity, my heart, to be sincere, unfeigned, honest, and upright-hearted before God, and to live and serve God. Suppose there was not one man nor woman in all the world dwelling beside you to eye you. Any little grace that you have, see that it be sound and true." you may put a difference betwixt you and reprobates if you have these marks. 1. If ye prize Christ and his truth, so as you will sell all and buy him and suffer for it. 2. If the love of Christ keepeth you back from sinning more than the law or fear of hell. 3. If you be humble and deny your own will, wit, credit, ease, honor, the world, and the vanity and glory of it. Four, your profession must not be barren and void of good works. Five, you must in all things aim at God's honor. You must eat, drink, sleep, buy Sell, sit, stand, speak, pray, read, and hear the word with a heart purpose that God may be honored. Six, you must show yourself an enemy to sin and reprove the works of darkness, such as drunkenness, swearing, and lying, albeit the company should hate you for so doing 7. Keep in mind the truth of God that you heard me teach and have nothing to do with the corruptions and new guises entering into the house of God. 8. Make conscience of your calling in covenants, in buying and selling. 9. Acquaint yourself with daily praying Commit all your ways and actions to God by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And count not much of being mocked, for Christ Jesus was mocked before you. Persuade yourself that this is the way of peace and comfort, which I now suffer for. I dare go to death and into eternity with it, though men may possibly see another way. Remember me in your prayers and the state of this oppressed church. Grace be with you. To Earlston Younger, Aberdeen, 16 June, 1637. Much honored and well-beloved in the Lord. Grace. Grace. Mercy and peace be to you. Your letters give a dash to my laziness in writing. I must first tell you that there is not such a glassy, icy, and slippery piece of way betwixt youth and heaven as youth. I have experience to say with me here and seal what I assert. The old ashes of the sins of my youth are new fire of sorrow to me. I have seen the devil, as it were, dead and buried, and yet arise again and be a worse devil than ever he was. Therefore, my brother, beware of a green young devil that hath never been buried, the devil in his flowers. I mean the hot, fiery lusts and passions of youth. Is much to be feared, for in youth he findeth dry sticks and dry coals and a hot hearthstone. And how soon can he with his flint cast fire and with his bellows blow it up and fire the house? Sanctified thoughts, thoughts made conscience of and called in and kept in awe are green fuel that burn not and are a water for Satan's coal. Yet I must tell you, all the saints now triumphant in heaven and standing before the throne are nothing but Christ's forlorn and beggarly bankrupts. What are they but a pack of redeemed sinners? But their redemption is not only past the seals, but completed, and yours is on the wheels and in doing. All Christ's good bairns go to heaven with a broken brow and with a crooked leg. Christ hath an advantage of you, and I pray you let him have it. He shall find employment for his calling in you. If it were not with you, as you write, grace should find no sale nor market in you. But you must be content to give Christ somewhat to do. I am glad that he is employed that way. Let your bleeding soul and your sores be put in the hand of this expert physician. Let young and strong corruptions and his free grace be yoked together, and let Christ and your sins deal it betwixt them. I shall be loath to put you off your fears and your sense of deadness, I wish it were more. There are some wounds whose bleeding should not be soon stopped. You must take a house beside the physician. It will be a miracle if you be the first sick man whom he put away uncured, and worse than he found you. Nay, nay, Christ is honest, and in that sinners have nothing to say against him. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out John six thirty seven. Take that. It cannot be presumption to take that as your own, when you find your wounds stound you. Presumption is ever whole at the heart, and hath but the truant sickness, and groaneth only for the fashion. Faith hath sense of sickness, and looketh like a friend to the promises and looking to Christ therein is glad to see a known face. Christ is as full of feast as you can have to hunger for. Nay, Christ, I say, is not a full man's leavings. His mercy sends always a letter of defiance to all your sins if there were ten thousand more of them. I grant you that it is a hard matter for a poor hungry man to win his meat upon a hidden Christ. For then the key of his pantry door and of the house of wine is to be sought and cannot be had. But hunger must break through iron locks. I bemoan them not who can make a din and a do for a lost savior. You must let him hear it to say so upon both sides of his head. When he hideth himself, it is no time then to be bird-mouthed and patient. Christ is rare indeed and precious to a sinner. He is a miracle and a world's wonder to a seeking and a weeping sinner, but yet such a miracle as shall be seen by them who will come and see. The seeker and sire is at least a singer. "'and enjoyer, nay, I have seen a dumb man "'get an alms from Christ. "'He that can tell his tale "'and send such a letter to heaven "'as he hath sent to Aberdeen "'is very likely to speed with Christ. "'It bodeth God's mercy to complain heartily for sin. "'Let wrestling be with Christ till he say, "'How is it, sir, that I cannot be quit of your bills "'and your misleared cries?' And then hope for Christ's blessing, and his blessing is better than ten other blessings. Be not ashamed because of your guiltiness. Necessity must not blush to beg. It standeth you hard to want Christ, and therefore that which idle on waiting cannot do, misnurtured crying and knocking will do. And for doubtings, because you are not as you were long since with your master, consider three things. Number one, what if Christ had such tottering thoughts of the bargain of the new covenant betwixt you and him as you have? Number two, your heart is not the compass Christ saileth by. He will give you leave to sing as you please, but... He will not dance to your daft spring. It is not referred to you and your thoughts what Christ will do with the charters betwixt you and him. Your own misbelief hath torn them, but he hath the principle in heaven with himself. Your thoughts are no parts of the new covenant. Dreams change not Christ. Number three, doubtings are your sins, but they are Christ's drugs and ingredients that the physician maketh use of for the curing of your pride. It is not suitable for a beggar to say at meat, God reward the winners! For then he saith that he knoweth who beareth the charges of the house. It is also meet you should know by experience that faith is not nature's ill-gotten bastard, but your Lord's free gift that lay in the womb of God's free grace. Praised be the winner, I may add. Number four, in the passing of your bill and your charters, when they went through the mediator's great seal and were concluded, faith's advice was not sought. Faith hath not a vote beside Christ's merits. Blood, blood, dear blood, that came from your surety's holy body, maketh that sure work. The use, then, which you have of faith now, having already closed with Jesus Christ for justification, is to take out a copy of your pardon, and so you have peace with God upon the account of Christ. For since faith apprehendeth pardon, But never payeth a penny for it. No marvel that salvation doth not die and live, ebb or flow, with the working of faith. But because it is for your Lord's honor to believe his mercy and his fidelity, it is infinite goodness in our Lord that misbelief giveth a dash to our Lord's glory and not to our salvation. And so, whoever want, yes, although God here bear with the want of what we are obliged to give him, even the glory of his grace by believing. Yet a poor, covenanted sinner wanteth not. But if guiltiness were removed, doubtings would find no friend nor life. And yet faith is to believe the removal of guiltiness in Christ. A reason why you get less now as you think than before, as I take it, is because at our first conversion, our Lord putteth the meat in young bairns' mouths with his own hand. But when we grow to some further perfection, we must take heaven by violence and take by violence from Christ what we get. And he can, and doth hold, because he will have us to draw. Remember now that you must live upon violent plucking. Laziness is a greater fault now than long since. We love always to have the pap put into our mouth. Now for myself. Alas, I am not the man I go for in this nation. Men have not just waits to weigh me in. Oh, but I am a silly, feckless body and overgrown with weeds. Corruption is rank and fat in me. All that I were answerable to this holy cause and to that honorable prince's love for whom I now suffer. If Christ were to refer the matter to me, in his presence I speak it. I might be ashamed to vote my own salvation. I think Christ might say, Art thou not ashamed to claim heaven, who dost so little for it? I am very often so, that I know not whether I sink or swim in the water. I find myself a bag of light froth. I could bear no weight, but vanities and nothings weigh in Christ's balance. If my Lord cast not in borrowed weight and metal even Christ's righteousness to weigh for me, the stock I have is not mine own. I am but the merchant who trafficketh with other folks' goods. If my creditor, Christ, would take away from me what he hath lent, I could not long keep the causeway but Christ hath made it mine and his. I think it meant hood to play the coward and duke in the least side of Christ. Thus I am not only saved from my enemies, but I obtain the victory. I am so empty that I think it were an alms deed in Christ if he would win a poor prisoner's blessing forevermore and fill me with his love. I complain that when Christ cometh, he cometh always to fetch fire. He is ever in haste. He may not tarry, and poor I get but a standing visit, and but how doest thou in the bygoing? I dare not say he is lordly, because he is made a king now at the right hand of God, or is grown miskenning and dry to his poor friends. But I think it my happiness to love the love of Christ, and when he goeth away, the memory of his sweet presence is like a feast in a dear summer. I have comfort in this, that my soul desireth that every hour of my imprisonment were a company of heavenly tongues to praise him on my behalf, howbeit my bounds were prolonged for many hundred years. O, that I could be the man who could procure my Lord's glory to flow like a full sea and blow like a mighty wind upon all the four earths of Scotland, England and Ireland. Oh, if I could write a book of his praises. Oh, fairest among the sons of men, why stayest thou so long away? Oh heavens, move fast. O time, run, run, and hasten the marriage day, for love is tormented with delays. O angels, O seraphim who stand before him, O blessed spirits who now see his face, set him on high, for when you have worn your harps in his praises, all is too little and is nothing to cast the smell of the praise of that fair flower, that fragrant rose of Sharon through many worlds. Sir, take my hearty commendations to him and tell him that I am sick of love. Grace be with you. That was episode 12 of The letters of Samuel Rutherford.